Hey there, Amanda Smith here. Thanks so much for joining me again on another episode of How She Did It. If you haven't already, make sure you hit that subscribe button. So today's guest is a former WNBA player, and now she's an assistant coach with the Sacramento Kings. Take a listen to my conversation with Lindsay Harding. Smith here with Lindsay Harding. Thank you so much for making time for me to join the show today out of your busy, busy schedule that you've got going on. <laughs> oh, thanks for having me. No, yeah, this is going to be fun. So you are in your first season with the Sacramento Kings working as an assistant and player development coach. For those maybe listening that don't know the ins and outs of the NBA and what goes into that, how would you maybe describe what your primary focus is and, and role with the team are? Well, there's there's actually say primary, so you think of like what's that one thing that you do, but it's it's several things, I guess, equally divided. So, being an assistant coach, you we do a lot of uh, game scouts, game prep. There's certain teams that I watch throughout the year, and as they get closer and closer to in when we play, I have to. Um, have a game plan. So then from there you present it to the rest of the coaching staff and our head coach, Luke Walton. And once it goes from there, you now present it to the team and then go through walkthroughs and um, you're kind of the, I don't want to say master of that team, but you're the one that has studied the, that opponent the most. So that's part of uh, the assistant coach responsibility um, that takes a lot of time. And also with player development, you know, one thing about, uh, this organization, all of the assistant coaches have some part of player development, meaning we work with certain players throughout the season, uh, even in the off season, to exactly what it says, like develop them, uh, their skill um, as, as a player, their potential, right? So um, that's kind of both. So that's trickled in there, sprinkled in there between practices, Sometimes we don't have practice, we may grab a guy and go to the gym to work out. So um, that's how somehow in the the season, even though it may say it's an off day, it really may not be an off day. No off days. (laughs) No. (laughs) No such thing. Uh, You yourself played college ball, and you spent nine seasons in the WNBA. And before joining the King staff, you were working as a player development coach with 76ers. When did you decide coaching? was something you wanted to pursue after your career as a player was over? Um, I kind of um, dabbled in it a little bit. I took uh, one thing with the WNBA during our WNBA offseason. Most of us go to Europe to play, and I took an offseason off and coached a high school team in L.A., which was an interesting experience. Uh, <laughs> then from there, I... Um, got connected with the Toronto Raptors and was an assistant coach for their summer league team. And that was the first time I was ever part or uh, worked in an NBA kind of environment, and it was such a great experience. And yet I was still playing in the WNBA. I just happened to have that time. So I had about maybe three or four years left that I played, but I, I knew that, you know, going in the NBA could be an option. So then from there, I got an opportunity to work at the league office after I retired. 
and uh, I was in basketball ops. Uh, it was an associate's program that they had for former players. I worked there for a year, but I knew I wanted to be with the team. And honestly, at that time, I knew I wanted to coach. I knew I had an interest in the front office. I just wanted to get my foot in the door and see where I could land, you know, see where it goes. And uh, then I was hired as a pro personnel scout for the 76ers. Then from there, moved on to player development coaching and then got the job here in SAC. So uh, it was really just getting my foot in the door, trying to use connections or relationships that I've developed through the years uh, being a player and um, just taking it one day at a time. And I've, I've been lucky to have certain openings and certain opportunities. You talked about being a scout with the 76ers. You worked as the NBA's first African-American female professional scout in Philadelphia. And there's always a first for everything, right? Mm-hmm. But what do you think about knowing that you are that person that began to break barriers for so many others that maybe want to do that someday? You know, I didn't really think about it when it was happening. Um, I obviously knew it was unique. Uh, I say just even just being a woman because when I would go pick up my credential to go into the arena, uh, in the back, um, there's quite a few women that work back there. They're like, oh, my gosh, there's a, there's a female that's a scout. <laughs> like, you know, my <laughs> name is in that stack. So I'm like, yeah, you don't see this that often. Uh, no, it's great. Uh, I've I've been approached by, you know, young girls in high school, uh, young women in college who said that they want to have a career in the NBA. And when I was in college, I never thought that it, to be a possibility at all. And so knowing that, um, you know, I'm working, getting these opportunities, knowing that there are other women in the league getting opportunities in the front office as well as coaching, it's opening up everyone's mind to career paths. I was reading an article where you were talking about this fear of the unknown. I think it was was what the quote. Like I, I was asked so many questions, even by some people from the media before of, you know, difficulties of, uh, you know, a woman in the locker room type thing. And I feel like that was already a question asked by the first female um, person in media, right, being in the Mm -hmm. locker room. And I remember saying, you know, more than half, way more than half of coaches in women's college basketball and in WNBA, I think there's only two female coaches. They're all men. And they've never been questioned about, you know, being in the locker room or any of that, right? So I just felt that it was always the outside stuff. Like players, I mean, these are the guys that I used to run with in, in college. I mean, they know how hard we work. We work just as hard. And they have the respect. And, you know, the it was immediate respect because I've done everything that they've done uh, or that they even want to do. It's It's people who just don't really know that ask questions that sound, I don't want to say crazy, but it kind of does sometimes. Um, I, I was sitting down as a scout with the rest of the scouts. There's nothing around me but scouts, and even a fan was walking by from another organization, and they thought that we were writers. And the guy next to me who was a scout said that, no, 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 I'm a scout. And then he looked at me, he's like, well, you write about this story, blah, blah, blah. Like he was just, you know, happy as team one. And I said, no, I'm also a scout. And then the question came was, well, how did you do that? Like how did you become a scout? And it's 
it was nice, but it was kind of, he came at me about it. And there were about five or six other men next to me that were scouting. And none of them had ever played. None of them had ever gone to this level, but yet I'm the one that's questioned. So um, just understanding as you're taking step by step, there will be some people that have no idea or really know nothing about it. And I guess that's why I talked about the unknown uh, because, you know, they don't know. It's uncharted territory. You know, kind of to talk about your WNBA career now, when you look at the moves that the league itself is making, what can you say about the progress that is kind of being made and, and the respect that women's sports are getting? I think it's great. I mean, it's, a you know, with the new CBA, it's a battle that we've been, you know, fighting forever. I, I remember the first thing, um, I remember when I first got into the league, and I had a conversation with the legend uh, Nancy Lieberman, and she's like, although you're young, just remember you guys are still pioneers. And watching what's happening, seeing now the change, it's like we totally are, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, we want it to be better for the next generation. We want it to actually be a career. When you say you retire, you have benefits, you have you know, at least more money. You have things, and um, I think that this is a great start to what's going to come in the future. It wasn't the players or anyone around you. It was this fear of the unknown. I think it was. Um, it was what the quote. I think. I think. Um, you know, when you uh, there's so much. Like I, I was asked so many questions, even by some people from the media before, of you know difficulties of, uh, you know, a woman in the locker room type thing. And I feel like that was already a question asked by the first female um, person in media, right, being in the mm-hmm. locker room. And I remember saying, you know, more than half, way more than half of coaches in women's college basketball and in the WNBA, I think there's only two female coaches. They're all men. And they've never been questioned about, you know, being in the locker room or any of that, right? So I just felt that it was always the outside stuff. Like players, I mean, these are the guys that I used to run with in in college. I mean, they know how hard we work. We work just as hard, and they have the respect. And, you know, it was immediate respect because I've done everything that they've done uh, or that they even want to do. It's people who just don't really know that ask questions that sound I don't want to say crazy, but it kind of does sometimes. Um, I I was sitting down as a scout with the rest of the scouts. There's nothing around me but scouts, and even a fan was walking by from another organization, and they thought that we were writers. And the guy next to me who was a scout said that, no, 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 I'm a scout. And then he looked at me. He's like, well, you write about this story, blah, blah, blah. Like he was just, you know, happy as team one. And I said, no, I'm also a scout. And then the question came was, well, how did you do that? Like, how did you become a scout? And it's, it was nice, but it was kind of, he came at me about it. And there were about five or six other men next to me that were scouting. And none of them had ever played. None of them had ever gone to this level, but yet I'm the one that's questioned. So um, just understanding as you're taking step by step, there will be some people that have no idea or really know nothing about it. And I guess that's why I talked about the unknown uh, because, you know, they don't know. It's uncharted territory. You know, kind of 
to talk about your WNBA career now, when you look at the moves that the league itself is making, what can you say about the progress that is kind of being made and, and the respect that women's sports are getting? I think it's great. I mean, it's, a you know, with the new CBA, it's a battle that we've been, you know, fighting forever. I, I remember the first thing, um, I remember when I first got into the league and I had a conversation with the legend uh, Nancy Lieberman, and she's like, although you're young, just remember you guys are still pioneers. And watching what's happening, seeing now the change, it's like we totally are, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, we want it to be better for the next generation. We want it to actually be a career. When you say you retire, you have benefits. You have, you know, at least more money. You have things. And um, I think that this is a great start to what's going to come in the future. Did you always know that you wanted to play basketball? Like when you were growing yeah. up, were you like, mm, this is for me? No, no. I wanted to r run track. I wanted to be like Flo Joe, like Jackie Joyner Kersey. I, I ran track at a very young age all the way through high school. I actually got recruited for track, and I, you know, some schools said I could play basketball and do track. Um, uh, but I chose to do basketball, but track was definitely the – that was my, like, first real, real, I think, love um, sport was track. I did several other sports, too. I mean, I did, yeah. like, soccer, gymnastics. I did volleyball, but it was mainly track and basketball. That multi-sport athlete, why didn't you decide eventually that you wanted to, to kind of take and run with, with basketball and pursue that as a career? Have you ever ran track and stood on the starting line before that gun went off? That feeling in your stomach is awful. <laughs> it's like the anticipation is awful in the moment the gun goes off it's great no um i like the team the feeling of team um running track it's it's i mean unless you're doing like a relay race it's really really just you and i like that and i like that responsibility it's all on me but when you do something with a team when you can all come together and accomplish something and make every each other better and work together it's it's an awesome feeling and um playing high school basketball, playing summer basketball through AAU, having the teammates I've had that became like lifelong friends, that was, you know, in the end it became an easy and easy decision for me of, of doing basketball. And I think the right one. Obviously. Now <laughs> <laughs> it's working out pretty okay for you. All right, guys, coming up on the other side, Lindsay and I are playing a game inspired by her college career. Stick around. Welcome back inside how she did it. Still here with Lindsay Harding. And so I was reading that your number 10 was retired at Duke University, which in case you didn't know, I'm like a big just Duke fan in general. Awesome. People have often thought that I went to college there. I did not. I just have like a bunch of gear, a bunch of hats. <laughs> it's like I just pretend I do. Anyways, <laughs> so your number 10 was retired. So in honor of that, we're going to play – a 10-question rapid-fire game. Oh, God. <laughs> so just quick questions and then whatever comes to your mind about you. Okay. All right, here we go. Number one, most memorable game? Uh, beating UConn my freshman year, I believe. We were down by, like, 20 or 30 and a half and had a, came back and uh, we won on the last second shot. Did you hit the last second shot? 
No, but I had I assisted on the last second shot. Uh, <laughs> I dribbled so, yeah. it into the court and I passed it to Jessica Foley who hit the shot. Without you, that doesn't happen. Okay, your signature <laughs> move. Signature move, probably yeah. spin move. Spin move or step back. I'm okay. small, so I have to find a way to get my shot off sometimes. So it's either step back, creating space, or just go with speed and spin off the defender. All right, someone that's maybe been a role model to you. So I, I want to just throw this out there. The reason why I'm number 10, I grew up in Houston, Texas. The first four WNBA championships were the Houston Comets, and the player that wore number 10 was Kim Peratt. She was their point guard. She was their heart. She was their fire. Um, she she did pass away uh, during one of their seasons, but she was someone that stuck out to me, and I love how she played, so I've taken that number the moment I saw who she was, and I've kept it throughout my career. I love that. That's awesome. Uh, is there someone you enjoyed going head-to-head with? <sighs> someone that I enjoy? Um, <laughs> let's say, okay, let's just say, like, I'm a competitor, right? So yeah. some of the toughest people that, are fun to play against, but it kind of raises your level of intensity would be like Tamika Catchings. She's retired or right now, Diana Taurasi, you know, you, you have to come ready. If you're not ready to play, they will give you 30 quickly. So um, I like to compete and I like to play against some of the best. All right. What's your pump up song? Pump up song. <laughs> you know, I really, I'm, it's really crazy. I really don't have a pump up song. It depends on my mood. Like, I get that, I can, though. I, it could be, like, something, like, it could be a rap song, something, you know, hip-hop. It could be an R&B. Or if, like, we're in a slump, I will totally play some gospel. It'll be, it could be anything that will just kind of get me feeling good. It depends on your mood. I love it. Yeah, depends on the mood. Uh, your favorite food? Cheese. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can't go wrong with cheese. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, favorite city you've traveled to? Favorite city. Um, I've traveled to a, a bunch of beautiful cities. Um, I'd say two two of them, right? So I lived in Istanbul for years. So I, that's a beautiful, beautiful, for one, Turkey's a beautiful country, but that's a beautiful city. Um, and probably my favorite is Providencialis and Turks and Caicos. I love the beach. Who doesn't love the beach? (laughs) (laughs) Put a nice, like, little drink and a coconut in my hands. That's never happened, but I just, like, imagine one day it will. You've (laughs) never had a coconut on the beach? No. Have you? Mm. Yeah. Okay. You're living. I did go to Fiji, and they were, like, fresh coconuts, and they would just chop up the coconuts right there. And that was amazing. I love to travel, so um, without basketball, I might add. All right. I'm going to let you know when that happens for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you ever been starstruck? Um, I did see Halle Berry once, and I, like, kind of, like, double take, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's Halle Berry. Um, <laughs> I did. I was just kind of like, uh, yeah. But yeah. I don't think that I've really – I don't think I've really – like seeing someone who was like, oh, my God, I have to go and, um, you know. I mean, okay, Barack Obama, that was pretty cool. 
Okay, yeah. And I met, that, and I met that would Barack be. Obama. And you see, I, I say full, full name, first name, like we're best friends. And uh, <laughs> Michelle Obama, I, I had a chance, to, the opportunity to meet those two. So I definitely got my pictures taken, several of them. And uh, we, we could say that those are, were two great meets. Yeah, those are those are a couple of great choices. So I would go with that. <laughs> um, cats or dogs? Dogs. Oh man, I mean, I love dogs. I have two cats. I love animals. So I was like I trying to animals. see. Yes, I love animals well, too. I love animals, uh, but I don't, I don't, I don't know about cats. But dogs, I definitely, I have a puppy, so I'm, I'm definitely a dog person. What kind of puppy? Um, I'm about rescuing, so she's mixed with a lot. Not not sure. She looks, I don't know, like a lab slash German Shepherd, but she's kind of smaller. Cute. So what we're gonna it's gonna be a surprise on how big she gets. <laughs> You're like, well, we'll see how this goes. All yeah, right, we'll last see. last one. What is something people wouldn't know about you? Um, there's a lot, right? So yeah. I would say um, I'm a big energy person. I I kind of I would say live off of energy, but like feeling people's energy, like a, that's like important to me. My favorite color is green, and um, I guess you can look this up. But I was a theater minor in college, so I, I really do like theater, musical theater. I love going to shows, um, and I enjoy the arts. You gave us three. That was like a bonus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they don't want to be boring. What am I going to say? My favorite color is green. Like, that's kind of boring. No, yeah. I love it. <laughs> All right, coming up, Lindsay's answering some of your questions. Stick around. Welcome back inside How She Did It. Still here with Lindsay Harding. She hasn't left yet, but she's about to after she answers just a couple <laughs> of your questions. So, first up from Tim Rushi. She would like to know, what other sports do you follow besides basketball? Oh, Wow. So um, before I moved to, to Houston as a kid, I, I was born in Mobile, Alabama, and I left there when I was about 12. So our football team were the Saints. So I've always been a Saints fan. Um, so, you know, I don't follow it over, like, you know, I don't follow it like 24-7. I have to know what's going on. But I do keep my eyes on the Saints. So next up is from Andy Jones. And mm-hmm. they would like to know, we kind of talked about this a little bit earlier, but they would like to know, who were some of your idols growing up and why? Well, uh, Kim Barat, we talked about, like, that was that was a big one. Like I said, she was super inspiring. She was little. She didn't score all the points, but she was the heart and soul of, of the Houston Comets those years and championships. Um, I really, like I said, with track, I liked FloJo. <laughs> she was so, you know, quick, and I thought she was beautiful, and she worked hard, and confident, and um, I, I looked at that, and I said, you know, hey, you know, I'm fast, I can beat all the boys, and uh, which I did all the time running. So I think those are two sure. as far as like athletes that I was like, you know, that's, you know, that's what I, I kind of see myself doing because at at that time when you're young. Well, now it's okay, but when I was younger, uh, the word tomboy and girls being good at sports were not necessarily seen as, as a great thing. And me seeing other women doing it, being successful, I was like, okay, I, I see something similar in them. And you've been that person for a lot of people. All right, last question of the day comes from JP127. 
he says, what are some of your goals moving forward in your career? Oh, man, that's a great question. Um, I've learned that when I have, like, a plan, it never really works out exactly how I want it to. It always goes up. Uh, I think coaching and seeing where this coaching goes. Um, in the NBA, number one, like, I, I enjoy where I am. I love it. Uh, I'm open to even, you know, possible college opportunities at the right situation. Um could be an amazing opportunity, um, but but right now I'm really focused on on the coaching side. Um, I enjoyed the front office when I was scouting, and I spent that time there and putting the team together, which is pretty cool. But uh, right now, being able to still get out there on the floor, uh, I retired not too long ago, so I'm still able to run and play <laughs> and get out and show show these guys some things. So um, I, I do enjoy the teaching part uh, of, of basketball. So we'll, we'll see where it goes. Like, I, you know, I really don't know. I love where I'm at, but um, hopefully it continues to grow in the NBA or, like I said, at an amazing, like I said, right situation in college. We're totally willing to do that. Well, I look forward to continuing to follow your career. Thank you so much for taking time to join the show today. It's been such a treat to get to chat with you. Well, thank you so much for having me. All right, guys. For Lindsay Harding, I'm Amanda Smith. We'll catch you next time on How She Did It.